This podcast is brought to you by Spotify for Podcasters. Have you yourself ever wanted to become a podcaster? Well, Spotify makes it simple and easy to do so. You can record, edit, and even distribute your podcast straight from their app. The best part? It is absolutely 100% free. Visit their website, podcasters.spotify.com, for more details and download the app on your Apple or Android devices today to get started on your podcasting adventure. That's Spotify for Podcasters. What is going on, everybody? Travis Fowler, Hark Rider, back yet again for another edition of the Four Corner Podcast. So you know what time that means. It's time to talk about my favorite thing. Let's talk about pro wrestling. This week on Professional Wrestling Over the Landscape, I uh, had a lot of moving parts towards the big shows that each company is building towards. On AEW, the Falls Count Anywhere match with Roderick Strong and Chris Jericho was actually a really fun match with a really cool spot that was on the ledge in the stairwell. I don't know if that's ever been done before, but there was a couple times where I'm like, ooh, ooh I really hope nobody falls off that itty-bitty ledge, even though it's not that itty-bitty and they could both stand on there somewhat comfortably. It still gives you a little uneasy feeling, so... Kudos to them for coming up with something pretty original and had me kind of a little nervous at times. Uh, Roderick Strong picked up the win there thanks to Adam Cole when they fought outside and Cole got a one-up on Jericho. Uh, we can clearly still see that it's going to be Cole and Jericho at double or nothing. Uh, speaking of double or nothing, the biggest thing that came off of AEW this week was the announcement of Anarchy in the Arena as the Blackpool Combat Club will go four on four against the returning and reunited elite. That being the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Adam Page. This is actually a really fun matchup. And man, it's hard to say what should go on last, except I'm very much a traditionalist. And at Double or Nothing, I really do think that the AEW World Title Four Corner Pillars match is actually the headliner for the show. But man, a co-main event of that Anarchy in the Arena match, I think is a fun decision. Double or Nothing actually is shaping up to be a pretty fun show. There's a couple other matches that were announced. You know, the Blackjack Battle Royal Invitational for Orange Cassidy's international title. The tag team title match with FTR versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. And uh, we saw that the TBS title was announced to be defended also at Double or Nothing with Tyra Valkyria taking on um, Jade Cargill. And I really think this will be the time that they're going to go ahead and take the title off of Jade at this point. We'll see. Um, it's just kind of my prediction for that. And uh, we'll see how things play out for Double or Nothing. On Impact, we saw the debut, in-ring debut, that is, of Trinity, who had a great showing against Kylan King. Uh, they also built up for the match that's going to happen at Under Siege, which will be Kylan, or excuse me, Trinity is going to be taking on Giselle Shaw for her open invitational contract that she had for that match at Under Siege. And then Trey Miguel, who's been defacing the X Division quite a bit, is actually going to be taking on 
uh, Chris Saban, which will be really fun. Alex Shelley's involved in a six-person number one contenders match, which this week they had the six men involved take on each other in a six-man tag with interesting members as teammates. Um, I really do think if you haven't been watching Impact Wrestling, you should. It's a great show to tune into, and you get your money's worth. The storylines are some of the most consistent storylines, and then some of the more basic storylines that you could ask for. And wrestling really is not that hard when it comes to making shows, and I think Impact Wrestling is really taking the full focus of, hey, we can make wrestling simple and fun, and every once in a while throw in a pretty cool storyline here and there too. So tune into Impact still. If you haven't yet, you're missing out. And over on the WWE side, Raw and SmackDown, they were what they were. It wasn't like they were necessarily anything spectacular or special. However, they did advance storylines. SmackDown saw the bloodline looking like they are crumbling little by little, with the Usos now starting to feel like they're going to become an afterthought within the bloodline to Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. It'll be interesting to see what goes on in the tag title match at Night of Champions next weekend. There's rumors going around that it might be a situation of Roman and Solo against the Usos at SummerSlam. It's also been rumored they've got the opponent for the WWE Undisputed title match set for SummerSlam. Could Roman pull double duty? We will see because we still got at least, what, two months? It's at the beginning of August for this month's SummerSlam or this year's SummerSlam, I should say. I'm, I'm so hyped. My coffee's kicking in. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Roman does indeed have two matches on the SummerSlam card or will they focus on the Bloodline story continuing to unfold and honestly getting more interesting. It's it's very well done how they have built it up to what we saw, and we all thought that the dissension and the bloodline would crumble after Mania. Obviously, with the Roman retention, that didn't exactly happen, but now the Usos have started to show how they are now getting sick of the mistreatment from Roman. So very good stuff that they've been doing with Bloodline, and I look forward to the eventual implosion of that faction. But on other faction side of the news... Uh, we saw Judgment Day and Imperium both get involved with the tag title situation. Judgment Day actually picked up a victory over the champs on Raw. And we also saw the hints of, indeed, a new member potentially joining Judgment Day. That of one J.D. McDonough, which a lot of people, myself included, have been hoping for. And I do hope we see that unfold here soon. Uh, Finn Balor was seen watching JD leave the arena after a backstage interview from Kathy Kelly. And I think it's just a matter of time now, and it's a perfect fit. So I just am waiting as to when exactly that's going to happen. On SmackDown as well, we saw two things involving the tag team division, uh, where we saw LA Knight break away from Rick Boogs. I'm glad this was just a one-and-done situation. And it was reported that LA Knight is in good hands when it comes to booking for WWE. So good news on his front there. Bad news on the women's side. The women's tag titles that just can't seem to catch a break anywhere are now vacated once again due to an injury to Liv Morgan. They will be decided in two weeks' time according to what they were saying over on Raw. So I believe this will take place on the Raw after Night of Champions in a fatal four-way match. I actually do think that if Baszler and Rousey win, which they're my favorite to win, 
I think actually you'd be looking at two people who could help elevate those tag titles. So um, I actually am pulling forward the team of Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. I think they could do some good to bring some notoriety to that division. They've got great heat. They would be great heat heel champions. So hopefully everything will turn out well for them. I can see eventually doing some kind of match where Katana Chance and Caden Carter get involved in that. You could even look at the NXT Women's Tag Champs currently, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, who are personal faves of mine, maybe down the line take them on. A lot of possibilities going on there, so hopefully it'll be the step in the right direction once they decide these new Women's Tag Champs. Now, an interesting note before we move into some of the other news that came out this week. On Raw, we saw a new Intercontinental Championship number one contender crown, and shockingly enough, Mustafa Ali won the Battle Royal to determine who will face Gunter at Night of Champions. This actually could be a really fun match. We know what Ali can do, and Gunter has just been extraordinary since he came up to the main roster, and even prior to that in his run in NXT. So this actually could shape up to be a show-stealing match. Gunter's just shown that he is an asset as Intercontinental Champion, and overall in WWE, it really is just a matter of time before that guy becomes the World Heavyweight Champion, or maybe even Undisputed Universal Champion, or eventually what I think they'll just go back to calling it the WWE title. Um, but I know that's way down the line. Probably, though, sooner than we may think, uh, but Gunter being the Intercontinental Champion for this long and bringing prestige back to that title, I can't help but love every bit of it. Imperium as a whole I've enjoyed, and there's rumored to be another person getting involved with Imperium, that of Ela Dragunov, and I actually would be very, very happy if they add him in there. I also think he could do extremely well on his own, but adding him as a fourth and very dangerous member to Imperium they used to have four members in Imperium to begin with. If you recall back when the faction was first created in NXT UK, that was back when Alexander Wolfe was still part of the roster. And he was fun. I will admit it did kind of feel a little out of place with him there. But you could slide Elia into that spot, and I think it fits perfectly. So we'll see what they do with Imperium over on Raw. I think they're going to be a dominant faction, the only faction I think that could stand up to Judgment Day if they eventually want to go that route, especially when you'll have four members of Judgment Day, with the one female, of course, being the fifth member in Rhea Ripley, taking on the four members of Imperium. Who knows? Maybe this would even bring Jenny back to Imperium as a manager role. She recently retired uh, from in-ring competition, and that was disappointing in and of itself, but... You could always have her be the valet for Gunter. They did indeed just get married. And I think the woman who was very much, oh God, she was known as the fashionista. And I think she could fit perfect with the class, if you wanted to call it, coming back to professional wrestling with Imperium. So I'm just also fantasy booking. So I'll get off my tangent. Let's move forward. Um, there was news that came out that Seth Rollins is indeed in the top number one spot for Triple H. He is Triple H's number one guy, so to speak, and he is the shoe-in favorite to win the world title. However, as it was shown earlier this week, he is now cast in the new Captain America New World Order movie, which supposedly is going to take him away from TV. So that's really bad timing for the new world title, especially 
with the rumored plans that are in place to bring that title's prestige up to par with the other title. If you have Rollins doing virtually the same thing, which I know it wouldn't be forever, and it's not exactly what Roman's doing, but if you put the title on him and he has to go away for extended periods of time or even for time where the title's not on TV, well, that kind of defeats the purpose of having a champion that's there all the time. So this also makes me wonder if AJ Styles is a shoe-in favorite to potentially win. Um, they're doing a really good job of really making it a head-scratcher as to who is going to walk away as the world champion when everybody and their dog, myself again included, thought that it was obvious that Rollins would win. So it'll be interesting next weekend to see who walks out with that world title. It could be Styles, and then he is rumored to be going into a feud as we saw with Kerry and Cross. So there's a lot of questions that we have for next weekend that hopefully we'll get some answers to. But I do think the match between Rollins and Styles overall is going to be absolutely amazing. Night of Champions might end up being a sleeper of a card, much to what Backlash was, even though I think Backlash will still end up being a little bit more fun. Now, John Cena news. Cena actually was in the news for just a little bit this week, helping to promote the Fast X movie that came out on Friday. Now, he was talking about his in-ring career at one point, and he has admitted a couple of things. One, that he wishes that he was still able to be a full-time participant. But age catches up to all of us, and the wear and tear that Cena put on his body, especially for 10-plus years as the face of that company, has just caught up to him to the point where he did acknowledge that the match that he gave us at WrestleMania really does feel that is the best he could do at this point in his career. And he hates to admit that, but the other athletes that are there day in and day out have just surpassed him. And he is more than happy to let them hog the spotlight, and rightfully so. But he does feel that he can give what you saw at Mania at the level that he did give it, at the consistency that he's been showing up as now being a part-timer. So we appreciate everything Cena did as a full-time talent, and especially putting over the talent roster as a whole now and really stepping back and saying that these are the people in charge, and in more specifically, giving the kudos to Roman Reigns, where he said Roman has surpassed him as somebody who can make stars. Whereas he said that was a fault of his, Roman has had, in his mind, a great track record of building stars, which was something interesting to read from John Cena, because I know that that narrative was out there for the longest, that Cena wins LOL and he would halt the momentum of any rising star. And there was a lot to that. But near the latter half of his career, like from the 2015 wrestling renaissance that he went through when he was the U.S. champion, and up until you know we started getting the real part-timer John Cena, you saw him make guys. He was doing very well. Whether he won or lost, it didn't matter. Sami Zayn had a good outing originally when he faced Cena in Montreal. Kevin Owens, we don't even need to talk about that. Uh, Pac, when he was still there, as Neville had a great showing. Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona also had a great showing. Cesaro, now back to Claudio Castagnoli in AEW, also had a great showing. I know a lot of those guys aren't there anymore, but Cena did something to give them the showcase and the spotlight to show what they could do for the company. So I think he was a little harsh on himself there, but hey, 
if he feels that way about himself and he wants to put over guys like Roman and such, then more power to the man. And I think it just adds to the argument that he could be the greatest of all time, at least from a straight up WWE point of view. Speaking, though, of interesting storylines, it was rumored that Bray Wyatt, who has been absent from WWE TV, is supposed to be making a return sometime this summer and is apparently slated for a feud with Cody Rhodes. That is actually something that caught my eye, and I am very interested to see what you could do with that. The Uncle Howdy stuff, along with Alexa Bliss, could be interesting if you want to throw her in. Maybe this is where Brandy comes in now. There's so many different avenues that you could take here, and I think a Wyatt Rhodes story could be very compelling, especially if you're trying to make Cody earn his way back to a match with Roman and eventually become the WWE Champion, which is where I still think the story is going to go and finish out. I think he would be a fun feud to help build that narrative that he's earned that title rematch. So I am crossing fingers that this rumor becomes factual because I think the promo battle between Rhodes and Wyatt could also be very fun to see. And honestly, this Bray Wyatt character with Uncle Howdy, I think could actually suit better in a heel format rather than a face anyway. I know that we all kind of were getting burnt out on the Uncle Howdy story but maybe this time away was what we need to get rejuvenated for that character. Maybe this is also where we see potentially the Fiend return, even though Wyatt has said on record that he has that character put to bed. Maybe he'll come back. We shall see. There's just so much that I am just wondering what they could do with and so much that they could do with Rhodes and Wyatt. So, Let's hope that that rumor becomes a reality because I would love to see it on WWE TV. And let's go ahead and talk about the big news from the AEW aspect. We now have a second show, a two-hour show, not just a one-hour show that we can all say is meh. But AEW Collision has officially been announced to air on Saturday nights on the TNT Network. So now you've got Dynamite on Wednesdays, Rampage, and sometimes followed with Battle of the Belts on Fridays. Those are two one-hour shows, or at least a one-hour show for Rampage. And then we will have AEW Collision on Saturday nights. And it is supposed to be bringing back big stars like Nero, Andrade, El Idolo, and Thunder Rosa have rumoredly all been involved in this project. And as the poster shows, they are supposed to be uh, prominent figures into this television show. FTR is also on that poster, as is the House of Black. But the biggest thing that a lot of people took notice of was the absence of CM Punk on the promo poster, which has rumoredly been the reason that CM Punk is supposed to be coming back to AEW is some form of a roster split. Those who would want to work with Punk and those who don't. And again, this is all just hearsay. Who Punk has also said that a lot of news that's come out, especially from Brian Alvarez, is false. But, you know, none of us really know exactly who's you know, working who, as the saying goes. But I would also be more apt to believe the talent themselves over, you know, a journalist writer. No offense to Brian Alvarez at all. Um, but, you know, this is the landscape we live in. When you hear it from the horse's mouth, it's easier to believe. 
And I know that there's been some stuff that's come out that makes this all in question with a steel potentially being hired back on. Is he or isn't he? Is he involved with AEW and Collision? Is Punk involved with AEW's Collision or not? TNT said that they do not have, or more specifically, Warner Brothers Discovery, the parent company, said that uh, Punk is not involved with the Collision show at all. But they also haven't announced where this first episode is going to take place on Saturday. I believe it was June 17th, um, 17th or 18th, one of the two. But they are supposed to be announcing that location this Wednesday on Dynamite. And if it's in the Chicago area, I think it's pretty safe to say that Punk is expected to return. But many people, uh, specifically Eric Bischoff, has wondered if this is a good move for AEW, considering that in WCW, when they were on the TNT network, it was the network or the company as a whole, Turner Media, that wanted a second two-hour show, which is how we got Thunder in WCW, which Eric went on record as to say was a bad move for WCW. He really felt that the two-hour Thunder show was a detriment to WCW, and Honestly, when you go back and watch the first episode of Thunder, which was a three-hour show, and then you see how Thunder was treated for its entire runtime, it really was earmarked as the B show that really didn't have a whole lot going for it in terms of having great matches, great action. They really didn't do what WWE would do with SmackDown when they would bring SmackDown to a weekly television audience in September of 99. Thunder beat them to the punch with their second show in 98, but like I said, and as Eric pointed out, it really just became a clip show. So there's just a lot of questions as to whether this is a smart decision or not. Are you going to spread your roster thin? Is this going to be a roster split of sorts between the aforementioned people that are in favor of Punk coming back versus the people who are not? The Elite would control Dynamite, whereas the Punk Collision would be on Collision. So I don't know. There's a lot of questions, and I hope for the best with AEW. Um, no matter what kind of criticisms or whatever you want to call them I might have in terms of AEW and if they're making the right moves or not, obviously something is going right for them with the All in London show, having the sales with tickets that they have now. That's going to be a big show with the new show on TNT, AEW Collision. They're doing things right. And by the way, that logo is obviously a throwback to the WCW Nitro logo, but I also see a little hint of WCW Saturday Night in there where they had like the mechanical doors and their logo behind the actual Saturday Night and WCW logo. I kind of see that with the surrounding of the collision word. If you see what I'm talking about, please let me know that I'm not the only one who sees it. Um, but let's see where things go with AEW and the collision show. That first outing will be interesting. And it'll be interesting to see if two hours on a Saturday night is successful, because that's the big question. Most uh, 18 to 49-year-olds, or specifically 18 to about 25 or 30-year-olds, which is the main demographic for AEW, usually don't do uh, sit-ins on a Saturday night. But with the way things have gone since the pandemic, maybe that's changed. We'll see. Um, only time will tell if this ends up being a success. I'm hoping for the best with AEW, and hopefully we do have another entertaining and compelling show uh, in professional wrestling overall. Finally, some potentially sad news came out this week 
in regards to two WWE stars, Bobby Roode and Randy Orton. Bobby Roode had his second neck fusion surgery, which was successful, while as Randy Orton had a medical update from his doctor that is stating his back is way worse than expected. He's been advised to not come back to professional wrestling, and Bobby Roode having his second neck fusion surgery before he's even recovered really from the first is not a good sign that his in-ring career could continue either. So um, it'll be really sad if both these guys end up calling it a day, even though they've had spectacular careers. I've been following Bobby Roode's career since he debuted in TNA way back in 04 and 05 on the Fox Sports Network days. And I saw him, as many did, as being almost like the Triple H of TNA, um, Impact Wrestling, if you will. And then coming into WWE, he had his great NXT run, which is looked at as the silver era of NXT, along with Nakamura in there as well. Bobby Roode just unfortunately didn't ever really hit the potential that I think he could have in WWE. He still possibly could if this is not the end of his career, which on a personal note, I hope it's not. Again, I've been a fan of Bobby Roode's and I hope he does recover and is able to come back to professional wrestling after this surgery because I think he still has a lot more to offer in WWE. Randy Orton, you don't even need to say much about his career because it speaks for itself. He was one of the guys that was from that OVW pack in 02 that has gone on to reach that legendary status. 20 plus years in WWE with a career that is second to none and a talent that was just a God-given ability that's been compared similar to that of Shawn Michaels. Um, I hope that we do get to see the Viper back and he does get to go out on his own terms. But much like Bobby Roode, if this is the end for both Randy Orton and Bobby Roode, as a fan of both men, thank you very much for putting your body on the line every single time and giving us that ultimate sacrifice uh, for everything you did inside the squared circle. Well, guys, not to leave on a bummer note, but that's what we have for this week's show. What are your thoughts on the Night of Champions card? What are your favorite memories of Randy Orton and Bobby Roode? And what's your thoughts on the AEW Collision show? Do you think it will be successful? Sound off on all of those plus anything else in that comment section down below. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like and share our videos with all of your friends. Make sure you're also following us on all of our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I will be back again next week with another edition of the 4CP. Also be on the lookout for our interviews coming out as well as this month's call along. I think next weekend is shaping up to be a big content weekend. So stay tuned for that. Make sure that bell notification is on too if you've subscribed to the YouTube channel so that you're notified when they get uploaded. But until that time, y'all have a great week ahead and continue to love pro wrestling.